This is Running the Race with Pastor Eddie Pinero of Calvary Chapel of Milford in Milford, Pennsylvania. said in Matthew chapter 5 verse 17 do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets I did not come to destroy but to fulfill something that the Levitical priesthood could not do from Aaron all the way to the last the law was changed because Jesus fulfilled the law and because Jesus fulfilled the law under his priesthood we no longer are under the law but we are under what grace in the Old Testament The high priest was a mediator between God and his people. In the New Testament, however, Jesus would become the ultimate high priest. Jesus fulfilled over 300 prophecies the Old Testament said the Messiah would do. And he did. In today's message, Pastor Eddie explains Jesus came to fulfill the law, something the Levitical priesthood could never do. Under Jesus Christ, we are no longer under the law, but under his grace. Well, let's join Pastor Eddie in the book of Hebrews chapter 7 as he begins his message, Greatness of the New Priest. Hebrews chapter 7, we're going to read from verses 11 through 28, uh, the rest of chapter 7. The writer of Hebrew writes this, Therefore, if perfection were through the Levitical priesthood, for under it the people received the law, what further need was there that another priest should rise according to the order of Melchizedek and not be called according to the order of Aaron? Well, the priesthood being change of necessity there is also a change of the law for he of whom these things are spoken belong to another tribe from which no man has officiated at the altar for it is evident that our lord arose from judah of the tribe of moses spoke nothing concerning priesthood and it is yet far more evident if In the likeness of Melchizedek, there arise another priest who has come, not according to the law of a fleshly commandment, but according to the power of an endless life. For he testified, you are a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. For on the one hand, there is an annulling of the former commandment because its weakness and unprofitableness. For the law made nothing perfect. On the other hand, there is the bringing in of a better hope through which we draw near to God. And inasmuch as he was not made priest without an oath, for they have become priests without an oath, by him who said to him, the Lord has sworn and will not relent. You are a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. But so much More, Jesus has become a surety of of a better covenant. Also, there were many priests because they were prevented by death from continuing. But he, because he continues forever, 
has an unchangeable priesthood. Therefore, he is also able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. For such a high priest was fitting for us, who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and has become higher than the heavens, who does not need daily as those high priests to offer up sacrifice, first for his own sins and then for the people's. For this he did once and for all, when he offered up himself. For the law appoints a high priest, men who have weaknesses, but the word of oath, which came after the law, appoints the son who has been perfected forever. In our last study, we looked at Hebrews chapter 7, verses 1 through 10, in where the writer of Hebrews establishes the fact that Melchizedek priesthood uh, is superior to the Levitical priesthood. Melchizedek was that mysterious person. And what the writer is trying to do, just remember the background of the, of the story of this letter. The first readers of Hebrews, the book of Hebrews, were Jews, Jewish believers. And to them, there was only one person that was able to go to God. There was only one person who would, who would stand before the people and God, and that was the high priest. In the past, they looked to Moses, they looked to Aaron, and then from Aaron up to the current priesthood during this time when this letter was written. Many of them were looking to go back to the temple, looking to go back to Judaism, looking to go back to the sacrifices, to the high priest. And the writer of Hebrews trying to say, hey, Jesus the Messiah fulfilled the promises. Jesus, all that is a picture of Christ. And so they're looking at the priesthood. And now he's, he already proved in verses 1 through 10 that the, the priesthood, according to Melchizedek, is superior to the ones that they are very familiar with, the Levitical priesthood. And we looked at this mysterious person, uh, Melchizedek, and we learned that he is a king. Uh, he is a priest, which God never permitted anyone in the scriptures to be both, uh, to have both office, uh, to be a priest and a king. We saw that in Second Chronicles with King Uzziah, who was the king of Israel, made his way into the temple he shouldn't have, and wanted to perform the duties of the priest by burning incense. The Lord judged him with leprosy. We find out that he is without father, without mother, without genealogy. And, you know, all the people that are listed in scripture, uh, either they have a genealogy or they don't. But this one points out that he doesn't have a mother, father, and a genealogy, uh, neither beginning of days nor end, nor end of life. It doesn't speak of his birth nor his death. But he was made like the son of God, remains a priest continually. And so... The priesthood that God has ordained from the very beginning, which points to Jesus Christ as the great high priest, it's according to the order of Melchizedek. And after the writer gave us a commentary of Melchizedek, he now, now points to Christ, who is a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. And so now we make our way to verses 11 through 28. And here, after he established the fact that Melchizedek priesthood is superior to the Levitical priesthood, in verses 1 through 10, he will now prove that Jesus' priesthood is superior to, that, to, superior to Melchizedek. And that's in verses 11 to 28. We read the text. Let us now study it verse by verse. Let's look at verse 11. 
Verse 11, Hebrews chapter 7, verse 11, we're going to see that there is a change of priesthood, a change of priesthood. In verse 11, the writer of Hebrew writes this, therefore, if, if perfection were through the Levitical priesthood, for under it, the people received the law, what further need was there that another priest should arise according to the order of Melchizedek and not be according to the order of Aaron? And so he's saying, if the Levitical priesthood, which was based on the law, was able to bring people to perfection, you know, if, he's just speaking highly, when then did God raise up, why then, that is, did he raise up another priest? If it, if it was dependent on the Levitical priesthood, why did he have to raise up another priest according to the order of Melchizedek? And the fact is, the Levitical priesthood, According to Aaron, from Aaron all the way to the last priest in 70 AD when the temple was destroyed, never made anyone perfect. The role of the Levitical priesthood never made man perfect, never made the children of Israel perfect, not even anyone individually. Now, the word perfection here in the Greek is teloisis, teloisis. Well, I don't speak Greek, but you know, you get it. Whatever. Uh, it's perfection and it means fulfillment. It means completion. And, and it just simply means that it's an act of making, making something complete without defect or blemish. And the Levitical priesthood did not do that. Starting from Aaron, the very first high priest, all the way to the last, never made anyone perfect. Why? Because the Levitical priesthood. Aaron and all the priests that were not perfect. It did not, it was not fulfilling and it did not complete. And so, as it was prophesied, and we're going to, we're going to, the, the writer of Hebrews is going to quote Psalm 110 verse 4 quite often. He said, and another priest should rise according to the order of Melchizedek. Another, another. So there is a replacement of the priesthood that God had already planned from the very beginning. And so the first reader of Hebrews should understand this. Wait a minute, they missed this. It's not always going to be Aaron and those after him from the tribe of Levi. Another will come. So there's a replacement of the priesthood. And who replaced the priesthood? Jesus Christ. And that's his point here. He's trying to point to Jesus as the great high priest. Now, since there is a replacement of the high priest... There are also a change of the law. There's a change of the law. Because there is a change in the priesthood, there needs to be a change in the law. Look at verse 12. Look what verse 12 says. For the priesthood being changed of necessity, there is also a change of the law. It's a change of the law. Now remember, think, you know, you got to think, go back. And the, the, the Jewish believers are thinking, oy vey change of the priesthood never heard of such a thing a change of the law oy vey the law the torah moses the mosaic law it had to be changed that's what the writer of hebrews is saying here now because the levitical priesthood had changed the entire legal structure in which he was a priest of had to be changed it had to be changed. And it was changed. How was it changed? That's the question. How was it changed? 
it was changed through Jesus Christ, a great high priest. And how did Jesus do it? By fulfilling the law. That's how it was changed. Jesus fulfilled the law. That's what it said. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 17, Do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill something that the Levitical priesthood could not do. From Aaron all the way to the last. The law was changed because Jesus fulfilled the law. And because Jesus fulfilled the law under his priesthood, we no longer are under the law. But we are under what? Grace. Different. Different priesthood. The the, the Aaronic priesthood, the Levitical priesthood had the law. We have a new priest, the great high priest, Jesus Christ. And under him, because he fulfilled the law, the other priest cannot. We now are no longer under the law, but we're under grace. This is what Paul writes in Romans chapter 6, verse 14. He writes this, For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. He goes on to the church in Galatians, Galatians chapter 3, verses 24, 25. He says, Therefore the law was our tutor to bring us to Christ. That's what it did. The law points us to Christ, that we might be justified by, not the law, faith. But after faith has come, we are no longer under the tutor, which is the law. And so you and I, because we have, we're under the great high priest, Jesus Christ, not the Levitical priesthood, under the law, because we have Jesus Christ as our great high priest, we're no longer under the law, we're under grace and that's important for us to know the law belonged to the Levitical priesthood where there was a sacrifice of of animals everything had to change there was a change from the very beginning and it just shows that Melchizedek came into the picture when Abraham met Melchizedek God had that plan before Moses was in the picture before Aaron before the law there was a plan that there was going to be a change in the priesthood there's going to be a change in the law. Also, there was going to be a change in a tribe, in the tribe. Look at verse 13. He said, for he, speaking of Jesus Christ, our great high priest, of, of whom these things are spoken, belong to another tribe, from which no man has officiated at the altar. Talking about oy vey, three times, oy vey. Changing of the priesthood, oy vey. The law, now, there's a change in the tribe? Really? A tribe? Look at verse 13, changing of the tribe. For he, Jesus, of whom these things are spoken, belong to another tribe, from which no man has officiated at the altar. Verse 14, he goes on to say, For it is evident that our Lord, Jesus Christ, arose from, not Levi, Judah, of which Moses spoke nothing concerning priesthood. Now, the nation of Israel is made up of 12 tribes. Many of you know that. But two tribes stand out. Two tribes. Number one, the tribe of Levi and the tribe of Judah. Those two stand out because of those two, the tribe of Levi, you had the Levitical priesthood, right? Right? The tribe of Judah, you have the king. 
So when you look at kings, the tribe of Judah, and it's pointing to Jesus Christ. And when you look at the genealogy, Jesus is not from the tribe of Levi. He's from the tribe of Judah. And for those of you who want to do research, it's in your Bible. You don't have to Google it. It's in your Bible. Jesus is from the tribe of Judah. If you go to the Gospel of Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew gives us the genealogy of Christ. It goes from Abraham to Christ in the Gospel of Matthew. You move over to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 3. It goes from Christ all the way back to Adam. And that's the reason why the genealogies are there, saints. You know, and it talks about, it gives us also, it proves the fact that we live on a young earth, not billions and billions of years. Because if you look at the genealogy of Christ to Adam, it's not billions and millions of years, my friends. Okay? But it also proves that Jesus fulfilled that messianic prophecy back in Genesis chapter 3, When the Lord cursed the serpent, he said, I'll put enmity between your seed and her seed. Speaking of her, Israel, her doesn't have a seed. It's usually the man. But it's speaking of the Messiah, Jesus Christ. And Jesus did not come from the Levitical tribe. Uh, He's not part of the Levitical priesthood, but he's from the order of Melchizedek, not the order of Aaron. He is from the tribe of Israel. So no, I, I could just picture the first readers of Hebrews You know, even if there were Gentiles there, they know. They knew what Judaism was about. They knew what the temple was about. And they're looking and say, you know, they depended on the priests. You know, we live in a world where people depend on a leader. Sadly, whether it's Judaism or Christianity, we depend on a leader. The Jews, they depended on this leader. They looked at Moses. They looked at everyone, King David. And they looked at everyone. Now they, they looked at the priests. Now they found Jesus Christ, these, the early church, the uh, Jewish believers. They found Christ and they realized, wait a minute. I want to go back, but you're telling me that the priest that's in the temple now? I'm just thinking, going back to when this letter was write, written. You mean the, the priest that's in the temple now is no longer? No. It was a picture of the real priest, the great high priest, Jesus Christ. And so the Levitical priesthood was never perfect. The priesthood had to be changed. The law had to be changed. The tribe was changed. But it was all temporary. All temporary. Look at verse 15. He says, and it is yet far more evident if in the likeness of Melchizedek there arises Another priest, another, Uh, the Greek word here, another, it doesn't mean another of the same kind, but the Greek word here means another of a different kind. It's not coming from Aaron. It's another kind. It is different because it's not from the order of Aaron. It's from the order of Melchizedek. Verse 15, and it is yet far more evident if in the likeness of Melchizedek, there arise another priest. Verse 16, who has come not according to the law of a fleshly commandment, meaning not by the physical requirements of the tribe of Levi, but according to the power of an endless life. And so the power of endless life cannot be destroyed. It's speaking of Christ, who's, who's forever. 
Okay, now here in verse 17, he goes on. He's quoting Psalm 110, verse 4 again. He says, for he testified, you are a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. He's speaking of Christ, Jesus Christ, the great high priest. He's eternal. He has no beginning. He has no end. He was never created. He's the alpha, the omega. He's the first and the last. This was already planned by the Lord. The, the, the Levitical priesthood was a picture. The ephod with the gems of the 12th tribe of Israel, everything represented and points to Jesus. And so he goes on in verse 18, he says, For on the one hand, there is annulling of the former commandments because of its weakness and unprofitableness. Verse 19, for the law made nothing perfect. The law made nothing perfect. Underline that in your Bibles. The Old Testament, the law was annulled. It was done away because it made nothing perfect. Later on, the writer of Hebrews will write in chapter 8, uh, Hebrews chapter 8, verse 13. In that he says, a new covenant. He has made the first obsolete. Now, what is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to vanish away. Now, don't misunderstand the law. And here is where you need to put on your thinking caps, okay? The law is perfect. The law is perfect, but it made nothing perfect. Paul writes about the law, how perfect. He said in Romans chapter 7, verse 20, he says, Therefore, the law is holy. It's holy. And the commandments, holy and just and good. The the commandments, the law is holy, just, and good. And in Romans chapter 7, verse 14, he goes on to say, for we know that the law is spiritual. So what do we know about the law? It is holy, just, good, and spiritual. It made no one perfect. It made no one perfect. There are two things that the, the law made perfect. It perfectly made it clear that God is holy and that we are sinful. And that's the purpose of the law. The law was never given to man to fulfill. God knew man can never fulfill, not even the first commandment. Thou shalt have no other God before me. How many gods do we have? TV, sports. I, I, I come to discover that's another religion over here. Our possessions, whatever you spend time on, the first law. And we're not talking about just the Ten Commandments, the Levitical law, and the civil laws. We're, you know, we, we're talking about all of it. The you know, 613 commandments, not just the Ten Commandments. All 613. It was never given for man to fulfill. It was impossible for us to fulfill just one of the 613. But it was there to show how holy God is and how sinful we are. I'm Friends, we're so glad you decided to join us today here on Running the Race. Pastor Eddie has been taking us through the book of Hebrews in a series titled, Jesus is Better. Within its pages, you hear about great people of faith. Do you feel like you could live a life like these great people of faith? You realize they weren't perfect, right? Our hope is that these messages are empowering you to see and believe that you can be a person of great faith too. One way to grow in your faith and understanding of God is by joining up with others who love and serve God. Here's Jessica with an invitation just for you. 
We'd love to have you come join us at Calvary Chapel of Milford. We're conveniently located off Interstate 84 and Route 6. For service times and all the information you need, visit runningtheraceradio.com and click on the Back to Homepage button. While you're there, you can listen to this teaching again or explore more messages from Pastor Eddie. Again, that website is runningtheraceradio.com. Thanks, Jessica. What a great invitation for those in the New York, New Jersey, or Pennsylvania area. For the rest of us, remember that you can find more messages from Pastor Eddie on that same website, runningtheraceradio.com. Thanks so much for joining us today. We're excited to learn more from the book of Hebrews. For today, our time has come to a close, but we'll be back again next time and hope you will too. Come back to hear Pastor Eddie share more from this great book of Hebrews, here on Running the Race. 